0: Welcome to CHP Conversations, a podcast series produced by the VCU College of Health Professions. This series includes conversations with faculty, students, and alumni who exemplify our mission to create influential leaders in healthcare. Hello and welcome to CHP Conversations. My name is Mallory Burkett with the Dean's Office of the VCU College of Health Professions. Today's topic is healthcare management And our guest today is Tracy Kemp-Stallings. Tracy is a graduate of our Master of Science in Health Administration program and also a graduate of the VCU School of Nursing where she earned a Bachelor of Science in Nursing. She previously worked in the Department of Health Administration as an adjunct faculty member, Director of Industry Engagement, and was assisting with MHA Administrative Residency Coordination. Tracy also spent over 30 years with HCA, the last 11 years serving as Chief Operating Officer at Johnston-Wellis Hospital. It's my pleasure to welcome Tracy Kemp Stallings.
1: Thank you so much, Mallory. It's a pleasure to be here back in the College of Health Professions and also with you. It's fun to
0: reconnect with you. Absolutely. And just a little bit of background. I had the pleasure of working with Tracy uh, several years ago in her role when she was at HCA. So it's nice to see us come full circle and stay connected. So super excited to have you. So Tracy, let's get started. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? Where'd you Mm -hmm. grow up?
1: So I was born in Baltimore, Maryland, and raised in Ellicott City, Maryland. My family remains throughout the state of Maryland. However, my dad professionally was transferred to Richmond decades ago, in which I completed high school here, and have remained in Richmond, Virginia, ever
0: since. So big, strong connections to Richmond area. Absolutely. That's awesome. So tell us about what led you to your decision to study nursing early on um, and serve in a clinical role.
1: Yes. Well, there were... It comes down to exposures to that healthcare industry. And it started early with my mom, who, after she graduated from high school, became an x-ray technician. So in the household, there was conversations about working in a hospital. Mm -hmm. Secondly, I would say in the summertime when I was in high school, my parents were insistent that I not hang out at home, that I be productive. So my girlfriend and I ended up going to chip. Hospital and volunteering as candy stripers and working, again, in the hospital, running errands and assisting in any way we could. And that, again, helped contribute to this setting of healthcare and hospitals being very natural to me. And then lastly, I'd say in my senior year in high school, a new center opened up in Chesterfield County, which is in Richmond, called the Chesterfield Technical Center. And it enabled, seniors the ability to attend something vocational in your senior year as an elective. And my motivation initially was, oh, I have to have a car to drive to the tech center. So I'm like, I'm going to do that, and I signed up for nursing assistant course, and I did get a big old 1969 Plymouth sports satellite and got to drive every day <laughs> to school, but the meaningful thing was that I really enjoyed this nursing assistant course, and I loved the instructor that we had who was a registered nurse, Ms. Weston, and she actually became my very first mentor, and I didn't even know what that really meant, but she was very inspirational in my decision to pursue nursing.
0: That is wonderful. Thank you for sharing that with us. It sounds like you had some great experience early on with, you know, connecting with folks and just getting to be able to serve in that role. So as I read in your bio in the beginning, you became a registered nurse then you had all this experience, you went to school, you also learned about healthcare leadership roles in that what helped you shape your decision to explore the leadership aspect of healthcare?
1: Well, it was a little unintentional initially. And I'd say the bottom line is that I followed the advice of leaders I respected, and they saw in me some leadership attributes that I didn't really recognize myself. And that enabled me to apply some early leadership positions in the clinical setting. And I had mentors that were great leaders, women, nursing leaders, that, in fact, encouraged me to pursue a leadership track and not just a clinical track. I never wanted to leave the bedside. I was a critical care nurse for a good 10 years, loved it, worked in a great team. I saw the benefits of working under good leadership, and that began my journey to explore other leadership opportunities.
0: So that's really fortunate you had folks that saw some things in you. It is.
1: Uh I think I eventually ended up getting assigned a lot of duties, and those duties were instrumental in helping the department operate. And uh, whether it was scheduling or policy review or mentoring or training new nurses, I was doing all these things that really are very instrumental in the attributes of any leader.
0: Absolutely. So with that, you know, you're getting this experience doing different things, different responsibilities. You decided to apply for something really important, something significant in your life that helped shape the rest of your career path. Let's talk about that. Your decision to apply for the Master of Science in Health Administration program here at VCU. What were some of the factors that helped you confirm that this was a good choice for you? So some of it is the
1: company that you keep. And I'll say specifically, I had nursing friends and we were on a beach trip and one of the friends says, well, I'm going to go to graduate school. And we were like, oh, okay, well, I guess we all ought to go to graduate school. (laughs) So we started taking business classes at the University of Richmond and then soon pivoted after individuals in our hospital were like, well, why aren't you getting an MHA? And I was like, well, what is an MHA? And we ended up pivoting. We learned about the executive program here at VCU and the Department of Health Administration, which was 24 months full-time, and we could still work full-time. And we had a lot of support in making that application. My chief nursing officer was Marilyn Tavener, and my CEO is Wick Line, and both alum of this great VCU MHA program. So we ended up getting a lot of encouragement to apply for the program. They wrote letters of recommendation for us, and it was no turning back. I mean, we were just I've realized that the opportunities were going to be vast at that
0: point in this profession. Absolutely. And with those opportunities, looking back, how do you think your experience in the health administration program helped shape you for future roles you held?
1: I share with students today in the MHA program that the education that I received was a real game changer to the trajectory of my career. A lot of the jobs that I was interested in required a master's degree, so that was a requisite. However, it's really the knowledge that I gained because my scope of practice had been very clinical, very scientific, technical, and bedside. So this education Education afforded me the business of healthcare. Like what does it take for accounting? I mean, there's no other industry other than healthcare that has a third party that pays the bills. It's very complicated, it's distinctive. The strategy, the communications, the, everything that you would need to know to understand how to succeed in a business of healthcare, whatever the sector may be, you are prepared at the end of this education. And that's what it did for me.
0: So for over 30 years, 31 to be exact, right? You spent your career at HCA for Mm -hmm. 31 years. And the last part of it, you were the chief operating officer at HCA's Johnston Willis Hospital. Do you think that educational and advancement opportunities improved for people aspiring to be in leadership roles during that time span? And talk about how you think things have changed. Mm -hmm.
1: There has been change and very favorable. When I started with this company, it was very traditional in that if you were a female, you were in a role, and I always we always had a joke that had an R in it. So you were either in human resources, medical records, or nursing, or marketing. I mean, these were like the female roles. By the time I left the company, we had women chief financial officers, CEOs. We had diversity as far as ethnicity, and all that is very, very positive. I worked with one of the very first female CEO's in the company. And again, HCA is the largest private healthcare company in the country, and Marilyn Tavener was my boss and became the CEO at Johnson & Hospital. And if she wasn't the first, she was certainly one of the first female CEOs in the entire company. And that goes back to this whole thing of people seeing people that look like you and realizing what options or opportunities there may be for you. Right. right. So I've seen a lot of changes. And then policy changes. We had HCA maybe, I don't know, 15 years ago, started with extending health benefits for domestic partners. So more than just waving a pride flag, we actually saw policy that supported diversity in all kinds of regards. We still have, you know, opportunities for improving in our industry. I think there's great intention now, and that's reflected also in the diversity within the classes in the VCU MHA program. So it's got to be intentional. And I'm seeing great improvements from when I started my career and who is filling the C-suite, if you will. It's much more diverse.
0: Absolutely. I'm so happy to hear you say that we talk about that diversity aspect and how important it is. You know, you made a comment a few seconds ago about, you know, having someone that you can connect with because that person looks like you and you feel like, you know, you can can be in their shoes, and and I know that that is something that is really important for patients and people in the communities that we serve.
1: Uh, No doubt. Yeah, it's very helpful to have the diversification at the bedside, as well as the leaders who are taking care of the people that take care of the patients. I'll also add even the board of directors at our facility um, initially, which was very typical of the day was generally white males, predominantly physicians. And I got to see that also progress to the point that it's like, hey, we need the board to reflect the communities that we're serving. And so we ended up, again, with a much more diverse group of governance, which is also very healthy for the organization.
0: Sure, sure. Yeah. So, I have read great articles about you that are out, um, interviews that you've done, and you've always taken the approach as a servant leader. Talk about what this means to you and how impactful this is for patients.
1: Yes. Well, it's a term that I never really used. Like, I never really said, I'm a servant leader. Right. However... I've been hardwired very sincerely by putting others first, and I think that's what a servant leader does. I believe that, you know, healthcare is a service industry, and I, I know that leadership is about people. So you know, we manage processes, we manage technology and we manage policy, but leadership is about people. And how we get our job done working with people and through people to achieve certain goals. So in order to be a servant to the organization, you must serve the people that are actually doing the work. And we all know that if you are serving your employee base, you're going to have very happy patients. And then you're going to have very happy providers or physicians because their patients are being taken care of. So it was a lot of energy around working with my team and supporting the team. And we worked really hard and we played hard. So we had a good team and we tried to put each other first. So uh, leadership is about relationships. Mm-hmm. And it became interesting when the term came around. Oh, it's servant leader. You know, everything in healthcare has some trending and terminology, but inherently those people that are going to succeed most in healthcare are those who recognize that it's about relationships and you must possess a lot of empathy and understand that in a hospital particularly, you know, it's not a good day when you're like, I've got to go to the hospital. I have to go to the emergency room and patients anxiety is so high. Right, right. And so I think the empathy is important and, you know, individual by individual trying to make their lives better.
0: So clearly, as a bedside nurse, you know, Mm -hmm. you've got somewhat different an experience um, than when you transitioned over to healthcare leadership. Can you talk about, let's focus on healthcare leadership then, talk about some of the most rewarding moments you experienced as a hospital leader.
1: I am really fortunate because I've had many things that I am very proud of. And it's easy to look at things such as brick and mortar, I mean, because you can see it. It's like a memorial. So building a cancer hospital, a $35 million cancer hospital, an $11 million neuroscience center. And the beauty in that is not the building. The beauty is that you had nurses and doctors say, we have really an opportunity to improve the way we take care of our patients. So let's co-locate all these services under one building and um, make it better for patients and providers to take Mm -hmm. care of each other. I will say those are the big projects, but the truth of the matter is what really I took pride with is our performance matrix. So when we received employee engagement or physician engagement surveys and they were favorable results, that to me, is just validation that your leadership is making a difference. The reputation in the community, having seen that improve over years, meant a whole lot to me. And also some of the accreditations that we earned, for instance, being a comprehensive cancer center or a stroke center. Again, it's not that you're just getting the trophy. It's that you have this teamwork collectively working together to put in processes and policies and the right talent to deliver day in and day out the best care for your patients. And those accreditations are a recognition that this team has really worked hard for the betterment of patients. So I think the accreditations is another thing I would say, not because it was a trophy, but because of the process getting there and even more hard sustaining those levels of accreditation standards.
0: Kind of like a symbolism, too, of, you know, kind of a testament to the hard work of the team and everything you all have worked for. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah,
1: it, it was. It, t- it takes a lot of teamwork and a lot of time, and it's it's certainly worth it when you look at performance matrix and quality of care standards.
0: Wonderful. So you served as an adjunct professor here in our Department of Health Administration. Tell us what you enjoyed the most about your interactions with the students here. What valuable lessons about leadership um, did you want them to learn? What did what you want them to learn from you?
1: Well, it was truly a pleasure. It was fun working in academia after working in a private sector for so long. So I have a great appreciation for working with very smart professors and researchers. My role with the students was very satisfying. So as they entered the program, the growth that you saw year over year and their professionalism and their communications, their leadership was really very... Very fulfilling. My job was to help the students in many ways, one of which is for them to recognize who they are and what they possess and attributes and to align those attributes with what we thought were the best for their administrative residency experience. Not to say that all attributes, whether they're strong or weaker, they all need to be exercised. But you tend to be happiest when you can align those things that are more natural with the job. So some of the lessons, I I mean, we tried to really reinforce with the students is that The, for instance, administrative residency is about what you are going to provide the organization. So it's not like, you know, what's in it for me? It's like, what are you going to do for the organization? Mm -hmm. It's also a lot about being resilient. The whole administrative residency process is stressful. Work is stressful. Life is stressful. So how do we start teaching early healthful habits to manage stress? because that's inherent in being human being. So resiliency was something And again, service, you know, how can you serve others and how can you reimagine healthcare? I mean, that's our mission statement in the Department of Health Administration is helping to reimagine what can happen. And I've always challenged them. I'm like, please fix the system before I need it. (laughs) But seeing how creativity, innovation can also be very instrumental in how you approach projects professionally as a healthcare administrator, how you solve problems, how you support creating new and different, better solutions. So it's many different aspects, but it it was really fun helping them get this administrative residency, which often launches, you know, their career in different companies or different sectors of healthcare. And, you know, my satisfaction was seeing the amazing growth over that journey of their
0: two or three years. Oh, absolutely. I know those students and the faculty and staff that interacted with you are very fortunate to have you here to hear your perspectives and then, you know, share your experiences with us. So,
1: It was fun. It it really was fun. The department, I remember sitting in some of the department meetings in health administration and hearing how the professors would be answering Mm -hmm. questions based on research. And I would be there like, well, I don't have the research, but I can tell you my gut (laughs) or just my perspective was through experience or something very different. Uh And it was fun to blend those perspectives
0: Yeah, that sounds like a really neat time. Thank you again for being a part of the college. So you talked about this a little bit earlier in our conversation. I think it's important to bring this up again, how important it is for us to encourage others, especially women, Mm. not just in healthcare, you know, all disciplines. How important is it for us to encourage others to take actions and risks that will make a difference in their lives?
1: It is so important, and I think not only of my professional experience being often, you know, a sole female in a conference room, I also think of community service that I've done. I had the privilege of volunteering on the board of the Greater Richmond Chamber of Commerce, now known as Chamber RVA. And when I ultimately became the chair of that board, people were constantly like, oh my gosh, you're like the fifth only in 150 years you're like the fifth woman to ever assume that role and that really spoke to me and I feel very passionate I I mean I am a feminist and really I've evolved to be a humanist but I really want women to take risk feel confident understand there's really not much work-life balance. People are like, how did you do work in life? I'm like, well, it's all integrated. Mm-hmm. It really becomes one calendar in your life. And it's challenging. And I think particularly challenging for women who are mothers and spouses and then executives. It's a lot of give and take. And I think each of those roles have peaks at times, but it's all challenging but I really want women to make a difference. And they do when they're in roles of leadership. They help a lot of women, not only just by seeing what they can achieve, but how they can do it effectively. So hopefully it's an inspiration I love. And I do a lot of one-on-ones like with friends and they have daughters, you know, can you talk with them? And I think the younger generation has it. You know, I think I'm meeting a lot of young women who are much more informed about gender opportunities and are confident. So I feel like that's actually improved over time. But yes, I love to promote women and everyone. I don't want to just point out women, but it's important to elevate talent help people identify talent and build confidence and have them see what doors may be open to them. And I love to encourage networking. And I think that network is crucial to their exposure to all kinds of opportunities.
0: Right. I think that's such an important message for people to hear. So thank you for sharing that. You talked about your involvement in the community with Chamber RBA. And also that includes serving on the MCV Foundation Board and VCU Foundation Board. How do you feel these roles help you support the university and our surrounding communities?
1: Wow. Well, it is an honestly, it's an honor to serve on the currently the MCV Foundation Board. I did work with the VCU Foundation Board and love that as well. The medical campus, obviously, is a little closer to home, being that I have two degrees from the medical campus of VCU. And now as a board member, I have the opportunity to support those folks who are doing a lot of great philanthropic work. Um, In fact, some of the staff in the foundation also raise money, and then our job is also to be great stewards of that money and help invest that money to grow the money because we want to support the professorships on this campus. We want to support the patient care, the researchers, the university, the programs, including this great College of Health Administration. So it's been fun for me to learn what all is being done on this medical mm-hmm. campus and One of my current favorites outside of the academic piece is Dr. Wally Smith, who is doing great research around sickle cell disease. And so you get to learn on the foundation all the great things that are happening in our town, in this university, and then we need to communicate. So like what you do professionally, we've been developing our communications team at the foundation so we can tell the great stories that are extremely inspirational and are really changing the scope of medicine and across the country, and if not globe. So it's an exciting organization to be a part of, and I'm happy to be there to help support the university as well as the medical campus and VCU Health.
0: So, so very important in all that you do, Tracy. This was a pleasure talking to you today. And I really thank you for being a part of the college and for the work that you do in our community. Thank you so much for being with us today, Tracy.
1: It's an absolute pleasure, Mallory, to be with you and to be here back on the campus. It's a great place to be. Thank you. Thank you.